0: Church, this is weird because it's like there's people over there, and then there's like people all the way over there. It would be cool if we could just all like, you know, come together next week, guys. Like, just sit a bit closer, you know. I know that some people in church had bites, but we'll sort them out. Don't worry. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Ian's actually a pilot, and uh, I felt him like the Lord. There's probably some meaty elements that we're going to discuss this morning, and I felt, man. Lord, help us buckle up here, because it might be a little bit turbulent for some of us, but don't worry, because the Lord is with us, and the Lord is good, amen? In prepping for this preach, you know, the Lord was just highlighting a whole lot of stuff to me, and this morning we're going to be speaking about sanctification, and that's a word, uh, I don't know, I don't know how much of this word is preached in church today, We hear about how good Jesus is and how good God is and how much he loves us, but often we forget that there's something called sanctification and what that means in the life of every single believer. So how many of us know and have a basic understanding of what sanctification is? One, two, three. Come on, guys. You guys are in for a rough ride today. (laughs) No, it's good sanctification i think that sanctification is probably one of the most difficult things to understand and comprehend as a christian because in most churches we are sold the gospel we are sold that if you come to jesus christ and you give your life to him he accepts you as his son and his daughter and he puts you in his kingdom and that's where it, that's where it kind of ends and then the rest you kind of just you'll die one day and you go to heaven but there's so much more to the gospel than that because that's where, that's where it just begins. You see, salvation is a one-time event. The day you accept Jesus Christ into your, into your life as your Lord and your Savior, the day you, you realize your need, that you in, in and of yourself, you cannot save yourself, the day you realize that and you accept the price that Jesus paid for you, that is the day you become saved and you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. That is salvation. That happens once, okay? And then there's this beautiful thing called sanctification, and then there's this beautiful thing called glorification. Now, glorification happens on the day that you and I, the day we are no longer here, that we leave our earthly bodies, and we are reunited with our Heavenly Father in Heaven. That is the day we are glorified with our Father, with Jesus in the Holy of Holies, in Heaven. Who's looking forward to that day? Man, I am so looking forward to that day. But what happens, in, what happens in the middle? Between salvation and glorification, what happens in the middle? There's a process, there's a road that the Lord God has laid out for each and every single one of His children. And that road is pathed with the process of sanctification. For those that want a definition of what sanctification is, listen to this. And these are words from John MacArthur. He says, Sanctification is the progressive disconnect in the life of a believer from sin towards righteousness, to live a life consistent to that of the faith in which you profess. You see, there's a massive difference when you claim when you claim to be a Christian, a son and daughter of God, compared to living a lifestyle that represents that which you claim. Am I right? Many can profess to be Christian. Jesus says, many will say, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name, and Jesus will say, I don't even know who you are. You can profess all you want, but if there's no change in your heart, if there's no living out the evidence of my faith in this life, then I'm questioned to you is, is your faith real faith? Amen? sanctification is the road that takes us from salvation to glorification and that is the day that we are with father god in heaven yes god accepts you for who you are but he doesn't leave you that way and that is the misconception you see christians we preach come to jesus he will accept you as you are yes that's correct But that's not where it ends. He will accept you as you are, but then what He does is He will change you and break you and mold you into His image and likeness to be more like Him. Amen? Because in and of ourselves, we are useless, guys. Without Jesus Christ in our life, we are but dust, the word that came through this morning. The road of sanctification is a road set before every single believer, a road where the gracious Father walks hand in hand with you as He teaches you, disciplines you, and conforms you into the image and likeness of Jesus. With the help of the Holy Spirit, He works in us continually to purify. I want you to remember that word, purify us. From all unrighteousness, sanctifying us, if we would just respond and allow him for the goal to be conformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. Let me ask you a question, Church. How do we one two one two? How do we become more like Jesus? Who can tell me? Reading your Bible every day, doing good, obeying the Ten Commandments. What? Who can tell me? Let me help you by allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in you that He needs to do. How many of us realize there's a bit of work that needs to be done inside of us? Thank you. Thank you for all those honest people at the back. <laughs> Guys, none of us are perfect, and none of us have it all together. But the Christian life will sell you this false idea that if you're a Christian and you come to church, you have to present as if you've got it all together. You you have to present this image that nothing is going wrong in your life, that you have everything sorted out. That's the biggest lie from the devil. Why? Fake it till you make it. I promise you, if you fake it, you will never make it. God wants you to be vulnerable. He wants you to be honest and, and say, Lord, yes, I need you. I'm not perfect. Amen? Where do we start? Where does this process start? Let me help you out. If we can get the scripture up on screen, 1 John 1 verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Remember this word, purify. It starts with repentance, guys. It starts with repentance and realizing and acknowledging our desperate need for the Lord. Repentance opens the door to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to do the work of sanctification in us. That work is the process of refining us and getting rid of all the impurities in order to be conformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. I want to ask you a question, who here can say they are like Jesus? When you get in your car and you're busy driving to work and a taxi cuts you off, Luca, are you like Jesus? Do you represent, how well are you representing him in that moment? I know I don't represent him very well in those moments. Hey. Hmm. Romans 8 verse 26 says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Who doesn't have weakness? Repent. No one. Okay, good. Every single one of us has weaknesses, guys. We don't have it all together. We all have struggles and stuff that we are busy working through, right? Now, you can, you can be like the Israelites in the desert for 40 years and struggle with your weaknesses for 40 years and never come right. You can do that. But what you can also do is acknowledge your weakness and say, Lord, here it is. I am imperfect. Here is the things that I'm struggling with. Help me, Holy Spirit, do the work in me that you need to do so that I don't have to walk around the desert for 40 years but that I can walk into your plans and your promises for me. Amen. If we would allow the Holy Spirit to do the work, but some of us have put such big and strong walls up in our hearts that we don't want the Lord to touch those sensitive areas, those areas of hurt, those areas where we've been hurt in the past, things have happened to us, people have done stuff to us, and we've built walls in our hearts and hurts. And we are holding on to those things. And we don't want the Lord to work on those things. Why? Number one, well, it's hard. It's tough, right? It's tough to break those walls down. And another reason why is because the devil wants to use those things as a crutch in your life to say, guys, look at me. The way I am who I am today, the the reason why I am the way I am is because of what happened to me. Okay, so be gracious. Just let me walk with this limp. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to limp in the kingdom of God and not walk free as a son and daughter of God. And I feel like this morning the Lord wants you to set free and break those walls of some of us that have hurts from the past, hurts from our families, hurts from our fathers and our mothers and our friends and loved ones. And it's those things that are holding us back and keeping us from the promises of God. Amen? The Israelites with God's chosen people, you can be a child chosen of God, but you can walk around the desert for 40 years, but that is not God's plan for your life. We look at the world and we think if the world, if all these people proclaim to be Christians, then why are they not walking, why are we not seeing the evidence of God in their life? Why are we seeing no power, no manifestation of the Holy Spirit? Why? It's because we're carrying all the trash from our past and God is saying, why are you carrying all this stuff? Why won't you let, just let me do the work in you that I need to do so that you can be free to walk in the promised land that I've destined for you. And in the promised land is where the world will see us and be like, that is the son and daughter of the most high God. Look at what God can do. Amen. Verse 28, it says, and we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those who He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? escom? ANC, the government, hijackings, thefts, burglaries, will all these things separate us from the love of God? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Come on, guys. <laughs> That's beautiful. Amen. I I highlighted a word earlier refining, the process of refining. How many of you know what it takes to refine a piece of silver? <laughs> Plenty. How many of you know you don't just walk through the desert and kick a rock and there's a beautiful silver ring that you can just put on your hand? Is that how it works? Is that where they find precious metals from? No. I'm going to explain to you what it takes to get this silver ring that's on my hand, how it comes from the earth, to wear it as a ring like this. There's a process. Check this process. It starts by identifying where the, where the silver is, right? They identify where it is. And what happens is they start drilling, big drills, long, massive drill bits into the earth, and they drill, 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 drill deep into the rock. And then what they do is they shove dynamite and they pack those holes full of dynamite, and somebody pushes the trigger and it blows all that rock up into millions and millions of pieces, and that is called ore. And then what they do is they take all of that ore they put it on a conveyor belt, and they send it to a crusher. And that crusher starts crushing and crushing and crushing and crushing, crushing big boulders and making them smaller boulders. And then from there, it goes to a secondary crusher. And from the secondary crusher, it takes those sort of medium-sized boulders and crushes them down, crushes them, crushes them for hours and hours and hours. It crushes them down to smaller boulders. And then it goes to a third crusher, which is called a pulver- pulverizer crusher. Man, that sounds hectic, bro to be pulverized, a pulver- pulverizer crusher, crushing, crushing, making those small rocks into almost dust. And then from there, it goes into a big mill. It's this big barrel full of massive balls. And as it spins, those balls just continue to break down and crush and crush until all that ore is turned into fine powder. And from there, that powder is hit with jets of water and just constantly just nails this powder until it's turned into like a, a sludge. And from there, the sludge, there's massive barrels of acid that's pulled into the sludge. And what the acid does is it starts breaking down all the different elements in that sludge. From there, it gets sent through a press where that sludge is put through a press, right? And then through the, on that screen, whatever's left, they scrape that off. And all that stuff that's scraped off, they put into a furnace, and that stuff's melted down. And that's just where the process begins. <laughs> There's a whole nother process that comes after that. Who, 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 who wants to hear what that process entails, right? So they melt the melt silver ore, and as they melt it, they skim. They skim all the stuff, all the waste, all the junk that comes to the top. They skim it off, but still not done. The silver then poured with a whole lot of flux and chemicals and what happens is they, re, they re-melt it and the flux draws out more impurities and more stuff that's just junk and it gets scraped off the top, scraped off the top. It's then poured into a mold again. And the flux fuses with the impure substances and makes it rise to the top called slag. Right? It's dissolved then again into acid, which forms a liquid. And from there, they do a whole other process to extract the silver. I mean, that's a pretty hectic process. That's just to get silver to where it can come into a metal state. So let me ask you a question, church. When God brings those crushes, and he brings those pulverizers, and he brings that acid... And he brings those things into your life. Why is it so easy for us to abandon him and to say, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? Lord, why are you doing this to me? Do you not love me? Are you not a good father? Church, the devil will use the process of sanctification to lie to you to say, God is not good. Why would God let this happen to you if he's a good God? That is a lie from the devil. What God is doing if you would trust the master and his process, is he will take you from a hard rock of just trash and ugliness and he will break you, refine you and purify you and extract the beautiful thing inside of you that he's put in you. But that process is not easy and it's painful. And some of you are going through a process of being in the furnace even right now. And I feel like God is reminding you there's a process that the father has and the purpose of the process that he's doing in your life is he's conforming into the image and likeness of his son why because he wants to give you the full inheritance that he gave Jesus he wants you to have that same inheritance you know years ago many many years ago before we had all this awesome equipment to to refine silver what the guys used to do is they used to sit with the furnace the refiner used to sit on the furnace with the silver stuff in the in the in the crucible and he used to play with the heat too 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 cold and it wouldn't it wouldn't melt too hot and he would destroy the silver so he would sit there for hours and hours and as the as the, the, the waste would come to the top he would scrape it off and scrape it off just him and his little furnace and how would the purifier know When the process was done, the purifier would know when the process was done, when he could see his reflection in the silver. It was so pure that he could see a mirror image of himself. And, church, let me ask you Does the world see the reflection of Jesus Christ in you? Can the master see his reflection in you? Or have you stopped the process somewhere along the line to say, Lord, This is enough, no more. When looking at you, does Jesus see his reflection? When others look at you, do they see the face of the refiner? What's reflecting back? 2 Corinthians 3 verse 28 says, And we who with unveiled faces are reflecting the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory, which comes from the Lord who is Spirit." Intensifying glory. Intensifying glory. It's uncomfortable. It hurts. But man, if we allow that process to happen, there's something beautiful that happens. Sanctification goes hand in hand with holiness. So holiness means to be set apart, right? We are all holy. We are all sons and daughters of God. And maybe today you don't feel like that. We're going to pray, man. We're going to pray together. But to be holy means to be set apart. And if if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you are holy. You don't earn it, you receive it. Why? Because you receive His holiness, which means you've been set apart from the world. Just like the silver is set apart from the waste, the process of refining or sanctification determines how pure it shall become. 1 Thessalonians five verse twenty-three says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do not delay the process, church. Let me give you an example. This the average silver ring weighs about two grams. Okay. Jerry, don't answer this question, because I know you already know. The average ring weighs two grams, okay? How much ore do you think surrounds two grams of silver? If I wanted to get two grams of silver out of the earth, how much ore would I need to process to get to two grams of silver? Does anybody know? Wow, check these guys, hey well done, about a ton of ore, a ton, one ton to get this little bit of silver. Some of us delay the call of God in our lives because we are carrying around a ton of ore and not allowing the Holy Spirit to rid us of the impurities so that we can walk in freedom wearing a ring of righteousness with nothing holding us back. See, you can be born again, you can be saved, and you can love the Lord. But you can still be carrying all the waste from your past. And you can delay the process of walking into the promised land that God has for you. Why? Because, Lord, let me just, let me just carry this hurt. Let me just carry this stuff. Let me just carry my addictions, Lord. And I believe even today, like, the Lord wants to set us free from some of these things. And I believe even, re- even right now, the Holy Spirit is, like, highlighting in your heart some of those things. You know what it is. You know what those things are. You know what the impurities are that's holding you back. I believe the Lord wants to set us all free this morning of the, of, of that stuff. Amen. The problem is is that we, we focus so much on our sin. We focus so much on the impurities that we take our eyes off the things that are of above. How many of you have seen Christians that are so caught up with the issue that they're sinning that they're not walking forward. They're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with the sin right now. I'm, I, I can't do anything. I can't, you know, I, can't, I just, I, I, I'm just, they, they focus on the sin. They don't focus on the promises of God. Don't wallow in your sin, church. Repent, get up and keep walking. It's as simple as that. If Christ has forgiven you, repent and keep on walking. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't let the devil disqualify you. You're going to sin. Get over it. We're all going to sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. But that's why Jesus Christ died, so that we can get up, wash ourselves off, off, and just keep walking. Don't sit in that place of wallow. You're robbing yourself, and the devil's robbing you. Don't delay the promises of God over your life because you lose focus. And don't wait until you're perfect. I was speaking to a guy, and I, and I said to him, you, you love God, and he loves God. And, and I said, have you been baptized? He says, no, he hasn't been baptized. I said, why? He says, no, because he's waiting for the day. When, when he's old, when he's really, really old, then he gets baptized, because then he won't have sinned anymore. So that when he, when, he, when he gets baptized, he can basically die and go to heaven. So that he, you know, that he, he, doesn't, want, he doesn't want to get baptized and then fall into sin, because then he believes he needs to go and get baptized again. It's, it's amazing how the devil lies to us in our Christian walk guys the day you become perfect is the day you be with your heavenly father Okay, so just understand that in this life you will not be perfect, we strive for perfection yes, but will we be perfect no, but are we trying to be, 100% in our own strength definitely not, with the help of the Holy Spirit, come on Do not compare yourself with others. I want to share a story with you. When I was in primary school, I could run quite a long distance. It was always told by everyone, wow, you can run really far. And I was like, I took that as a, wow, this is something special about me. And I'll never forget, we had, um, what's it called when you do cross, not cross country, when you do your things at school, to athletics day and whatever. And I'm like, man, I'm going to ace this. So there we are, standing at the line, the gun goes off. I'm like, and I think it was like... uh, I don't know, it's like eight times around the track. I can't remember. Whatever that is. And I remember running, 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 and I'm looking up and I'm seeing these guys, just start, just running away from me. So I'm like, oh, it's fine. These guys are got, They're going to. They're going to. They're going <laughs> to get tired. I'm going to keep going. Guys, I was about halfway through the race, and the people that I was racing against had already finished. Now because i was told that i was good at running i n- i just i never assumed i should be training i never s- assumed that i should put any effort into it i just thought well okay cool i'm you know i'm going to i'm going to win this thing when i looked up and i saw that that race had already been finished and i was the last and i still had a whole lap to go i looked at the finish line i looked at myself and you know what i did i never forget this running you know in that lane i was running running i looked up I just stopped, I stopped to walk, and I just walked off the track, and I went to go sit on the, the high jump cushion, I just sat there, and I was like, what the heck, I disqualified myself, why, besides not being ready, besides not being, being trained properly, I compared myself to other people. To this day, I never finished that race because the race only finishes once I crossed the line. I was the last. I never finished the race. Man. (laughs) And the Lord uses that silly little story of my life to teach me to not compare yourself with other people. You have your own race to run. Make sure that you are doing your part in what you need to do to make sure that you are running that race well, but run your race don't run, don't run somebody else's race. Don't run your parents' race. Don't run your friends' race. Don't run your pastor's race. Run your race that the Lord has laid out for you, church. What if your greatest ministry to others comes from your greatest hurt? You see, as Christians, we will go through hurt and sorrow. Not alone, church. The Lord is with us. He will not allow us to be crushed. But there's a process that happens where the Lord will allow crushing and, and, and heat and furnace fire in your life. Why? So that one day you can take that testimony to reach someone that's going through that same process. And you can say, this is what God did for me in that moment. Amen? There is a path laid out for you that includes the process of sanctification. The path has a destination that is straight into the arms of the Father. We often wander off the path and delay the process because it's too uncomfortable and too painful. Just as the silver ore had a path it had to follow to become pure, so we too have a path set before us. I'll never forget this. Um, it was in December. We we wanted to go to this place called Bat's, Bat's Cave in the Eastern Cape. The only way to get there is you have to walk along the rocks, and the waves are, like, Hitting. It's quite dangerous. In fact, we were going with our, you know, with our little Johannesburg family, like I think we're all ready, and there's a tour guide. There's the Eastern Cape tour guide there with a whole bunch of people, and he's walking back. And we're like, why aren't you guys going to Bat's Cave? He says, no, it's too dangerous. Don't do it. Today is a bit, I'm warning you, don't do it. But typical Johannesburg fashion, boy, you, <laughs> we're going, bro. We're used to this danger. Don't, don't you worry, we, you know? eh. Yeah with kids with a baby with a Zoria you know don't don't do that just <laughs> and i'm walking with Elisha on the rocks now i i know what it's like to walk on rocks i walked on rocks as kid as a kid plenty but now my son is 4 he's learning to walk on the rocks and learning where to step and where not to step and there was times where he would lose his feet he would lose his lose his stepping but i'm holding his hand so tight that even when he fell he didn't hurt himself. He's kind of swinging in the air, trying to find his feet, but daddy's got him, right? Now, if Elisha fell and hurt himself and just sat there and wallowed, I said, daddy, I can't do this. And me as a loving, gracious father, i come and say, it's okay, my boy, it's okay, it's okay. The tide's coming in, my boy, let's go. Come, you know, wipe him off. Walk in, and he falls again, and he was wallowing. And, he's, and if he did that every single time, he fell, we would never have made it to Cave. You see, when we wallow and when we fall and we just sit there and we wallow in the things that are getting us done, the things we're struggling with, God is saying, my son, my daughter, I've got you. Don't focus. Don't worry about this issue. Give it to me. Walk with me because I've got a, I've got a beautiful destiny for you. I want to walk this. Come with me. I've got a beautiful thing to show you. Don't you want to come with me? Don't worry about, the, don't worry about these issues. Come with me. And that's what we need to learn, church. We need to learn, don't get hung up when you fall. You're going to fall. Trust the Lord. Give it to Him. and Let Him help you. Amen. Yes, God loves and he accepts us, but he doesn't leave us that way, right? As a loving father, I am going to bring the absolute best out of my son and show him who the father is. You see, I don't, I don't show my son who he needs to be through me. I point him to his heavenly father, right? Because I will fail him, and I will not be the best father, but I will point him to the absolute best father, Amen? Guys, people with like identity issues and stuff, this, this world that people are transitioning, they don't know what gender they are, they don't know what today they're a man, today they're a camel, next day they're an eagle, whatever, right? We need to be so careful, church, that we don't pass judgment on people like this. Because it's easy for us to sit and laugh while those people are broken inside because they have no idea who they are. And we sit and we judge and we laugh and we say, check at these clowns. How dare we? How can we do that, church? I'm guilty of that. I often scoff and I say, check at these guys. They're just, and I know a lot of it's hype and a lot of it's just nonsense. And, but deep down inside, there's a broken child wanting to know who their father is and wanting to know who they are. And it is our responsibility as sons and daughters of God to show those people who their heavenly father is. Why? So that their heavenly father can show them who they are. Their identity Amen? So be careful. Be careful when you laugh. Be careful when you scoff. Be careful when you pass judgments. Romans 6.22. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification, and its end is eternal life. See, God disciplines His children. Part of the process of sanctification is God's discipline. <clears throat> Nobody likes that word discipline. Discipline. Who, who loves discipline? Let me just see. No one. Discipline is difficult, especially for those that have been disciplined well as kids. You know, man, that is a very uncomfortable situation. But you know, if you were disciplined as a kid, you know, looking back, you can see the results of that in your life. You can see what good it brought out in you, right? Let's check this out. Do you think that God disciplines His children? Romans twelve, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he chastens everyone who accepts him as who he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters of God. God disciplines us all for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at times, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Man. Guys, the next time God brings discipline into your life, the next time you are faced with a challenge or something that you feel like this is, God, where are you in this? Trust the refiner. Trust the Father. He knows what He's doing. He has you by the He has your hand. He will never let go. He promised that He will never let go. Where others have let go, He will never let go. Where others have made you fall, He will never let you fall. He will never give up on you. You say to me, John, what's the way then? If this path of sanctification leads to glorification, what's the way? What way do I go? John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way. There is no other way. You can follow any way the the world wants you to go. You can follow the way of your parents. You can follow the way of your friends. You can follow the way of social media. You can follow the way of celebrities and your favorite idols. They will all lead to destruction. But the way of Jesus Christ leads to life and life everlasting. Proverbs 3 verse 6 says, In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Sometimes we wander down paths that we like. I've been walking this path for years now. Lord, what is going on? I feel like I'm not making any progress. How many? Of you, I feel like that. Plenty. I'm just walking around this desert, Lord. In all your ways, submit it to him. What are you not submitting to him, church? It says all your ways. Are you submitting to Him in your business, in your finances, in your marriage, in your own personal life, in the secret place when nobody else is there, when you're in your room alone? Are you submitting that to, the, to Him? How you represent yourself at work when everybody else is partying and drinking and talking about the government, how are you representing yourself? How are you representing your Father? Perhaps that path has become skewed. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That path that is laid before you, that is Jesus Christ, is illuminated by the word of God. There is nothing else that will direct your path more loud and more clear than the word of God. No motivational book, no preacher, no nothing will make your path illuminated more than the word of God. Guys, the Bible is not a book. It is the promises of God. It is the manuscript of the almighty God, a love letter from him to you. Don't let it sit on your bedside table not be used. <laughs> Help us, Lord Jesus. We were not meant to do this alone, guys. If you're feeling, if you're feeling condemned and you're feeling like, man, John, <laughs> this, is a, this is a bit heavy. It should be heavy. <laughs> but... There's good news. See, God didn't design you to walk this road alone. See, Jesus promised us his precious Holy Spirit. And in John 14, it says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you, church, know Him. For He lives in you and He will be in you. But now as Christians, you can also reject the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can be in a situation where you're walking along a crooked path and the Lord wants to make that path straight. So He highlights something. The Holy Spirit highlights something in your heart. I know that I should do this. I know that I shouldn't bribe this guy. This is what I should do. But mm, Lord, I don't actually trust you that much. I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to carry on walking with this path. And you grieve the Holy Spirit. And in the world, and the church wonders, why, Lord, why am I not hearing your voice anymore? <laughs> Lord, why are you silent? Why cannot I hear your voice? Let me ask you, church, have you grieved the Holy Spirit to the point where you cannot hear His voice anymore? It's not that the Holy Spirit is not speaking. It's that you've blocked Him out. Why? because you're listening to the words of the world, you're listening to Instagram, you're listening to Netflix, you're listening to the radio, you're listening to motivational speakers, you're listening to your boss, you're listening to your husband, your wife, you're listening to all these people, you to everything else, but the still silent voice that is the Holy Spirit, you're saying, not now, Lord, hold on, hold on. Let me, just, let me just pay attention to this. Let me just listen to this. Let me just follow this. And the Holy Spirit is patient, waiting, saying, my boy, there's danger coming. My girl, there's danger coming. Listen to me. And then we fall, boom, and the Lord has to crush and he has to break. And you're saying, Lord, why can you do this? And you say, my boy, my girl, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? If, you, if, you, if you're saying to yourself now, nah, like John, I don't know that I have the Holy Spirit in me. I want to pray for you. I want us to take a moment off this. I want to pray for you. If you can't hear his voice, if you've maybe not hearing his voice, and it's a reality, guys, a lot of us are not hearing the Lord's voice. I want to pray. For, I want us to pray for each other. Is that cool? Can we do that? One Thessalonians four verse three says, "It is, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans." who do not know God, and that in this manner no, uh, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. As we told you and we warned you before, the Lord did not call us to be impure, but to live our holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject human beings, but God, the very God who gave you his Holy Spirit. You see, church, the more we reject or run away from the process of sanctification, the more we block out the Holy Spirit's voice. And then we wonder why we are not hearing His voice. And I'm going to close with this. Superior, I wonder if you can come up. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says, Listen to me carefully, church. Let me your ears. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though inwardly, oh sorry, though outwardly, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Guys, listen to me. You have gone through stuff in your life that has made you who you are, and that's okay. But the Lord wants to take you from that person and take all that nonsense and stuff away and make you into His image and likeness of His Son so that you can be with Him in glory one day. I'm going to read that portion again. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And church this morning, maybe there's some things that's happening in your life where you're looking at it in the natural and you're saying, God, there is just there's just no way out of this thing. Maybe you're going through some stuff in your marriage. Maybe you're going through some stuff in your family. Maybe you're going going through some stuff at work and you're just saying, Lord, I just do not see a way out of this. Maybe you're struggling this morning with something that you've been struggling for years. Drugs, addiction, pornography, social media. I can guarantee you each and every single one of us has something that we know is an idol in our lives. And the Lord wants to set us free from that stuff. You see, like the word that came through this morning, God is not there angry and wanting to break you and wanting to hurt you. He doesn't hold your sin against you. Okay? He wants to heal you. He wants to remove that from you. He wants to restore you. I wonder if we can pray, church. Guys, you can just play. I'd like us just to close our eyes and just bow our heads for a few moments. And Can we just do a bit of business with the Lord this morning? If you're feeling like you need prayer, if you're feeling like you just want someone to pray with you this morning, if you want to be set free from all that stuff that is just holding you back from walking into the promises of God, if you want to be set free this morning, there is absolutely no shame here. I'm asking, come let us pray for you. Come here, come to the front. We're going to pray with you. But Father, as your church, as your bride, As your sons and your daughters this morning, Father God, we come before you. And Father God, I thank you that you are a gracious God. You are a loving God, a compassionate Father. Slow to get angry, abounding in love. Father God, will you just give us a deeper revelation of that love this morning? Father God, you're not angry with us, you're not disappointed in us. But Father God, you are the biggest cheerleader in our lives. You are saying, come, my boy. Come, my girl. I've got beautiful things for you. Don't worry about the baggage. Let me, give it to me. I'll take care of it. Come and see the beautiful things that I have for you. Father God, thank you. Thank you this morning that you are calling us to walk as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Not perfect. But Father God, striving to be close to that. And Lord, with the help of your Holy Spirit, that we can, each and every single day, we can be more like you, Jesus. And even when we fall, Lord, when we get cut off on the road, when we get angry, when our kids make us angry, when our husbands and wife make us angry, when we, when we fall, Lord, you are slow to get angry. You are quick to forgive. Help us, Father, Help us with those things that we are struggling with, Father. God, I know there's things in my life that I'm struggling with, Lord. I need your help. We need your help, Father. Holy Spirit, we surrender all of ourselves before you this morning. And we lay at your feet all of our impurities, all the stuff, all the baggage. We just lay it at your feet this morning, Father. And Lord, won't, as a purifier, won't you just skim that away? Lord, we trust you. We trust you that you know what you're doing. I want to be more like Jesus. I want the world to see the reflection in my life and then must see Jesus. Because it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about you, Lord. But Lord, you have called us to be your ambassadors. You want us to be a mirror image of you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I ask and I pray, as your sons and your daughters this morning, won't you help us, Lord, bring us to a place of repentance and bring us to a place of humility where we realize we need to let go. We need to allow you to do the process that you need to do in us, Lord. Why? So that we can walk in our promised lands with you, Father. That when the world looks at us, they see, man, they see something special. And it is you, Lord Jesus. Just help us this morning.